0: Ahem. Then I said, "What about toxic podcast?" She said, "I think that is a toxic podcast." And I think, as I recall, we both remembered it, uh, it as toxic, and the podcast was toxic. Have I mentioned that? <sighs> oh, God, you know, as the sands of time <laughs> tick away ever more, and uh, we careen towards death, second by second, both in big picture and in minuscule ways. Um, quality is a very important thing to keep in mind. I think, I think the art that we're making, the art that we're consuming, the things that we're doing to ourselves, we should just, we should, they should all be of a, a very high quality. <laughs> oh, and with that in mind, welcome to Toxic Podcast. I'm Alejandro Colini. This is my alone podcast. It's my podcast that I do alone. I wouldn't wish it on anyone else. Where I consume and process toxic media. Toxic media, of course, is any form of content that, regardless of quality, is genuinely emotionally exhausting or taxing to consume. This episode of Toxic Podcast came a little bit late, but you know why? That's just because it. I needed all that time to make it amazing. I needed, I, I needed a couple extra days to really sweeten the pot of this podcast. Um... Also, the stakes are very high because listeners of the pod will remember... Listeners of the pod, I just... Yes, I said it. Listeners of the podcast will remember that at the very end of the last episode of Toxic Podcast, my Kalini of Steel episode, um, Tobin Bell the Jigsaw Killer appeared and gave me an ultimatum that if this was not a great episode of Toxic Podcast, he would rip my face off. And so, you know, really... This, it's all it's all on this because this is either the last episode of Toxic Podcast and the last thing I do. My face my face is in danger. Um, well, maybe I'll still live with no face. I w- I'll, we'll have to. You know what? Hang on a second. Yes, hello. This is Tobin Bell, the Jigsaw Killer. Hey, uh, you said you were going to rip my face off if this uh, wasn't it, a- but you're on the uh, you're on the podcast. By the way, is that okay? Yes, it's okay. So you said last week that you were going to rip my face off. Well, you, you were a little vague. Were you going to rip my face off or are you going to put me in the reverse bear trap? Because one of those is definitely fatal and the other one is disgusting but seemingly less fatal. <clears> hmm. <throat> That's a very interesting question, Alejandro Colini. I want to play a game. You have asked me whether the punishment for a bad episode will be fatal or non-fatal this to me suggests that you are already not shooting for the moon i i myself had not decided whether your punishment would be fatal or non-fatal but at this point yes if you if you don't do a good episode i'm going to kill you oh i think i said i think i said that last week really listen you can't just be calling me all the time i don't know why i gave you this number it's i'm everyone's looking for me i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry jigsaw i won't bother you i i how was that? Was that a good bit? You guys like that bit? Are we all on the same bit page? All right, let's talk about fifty-first dates. Um, yeah, see, I, I think the podcast is growing and changing, and we may, I, I may eventually, you know, move beyond my incredibly well-written uh, opening theme songs. I'm also sort of kind of like, what did I learn last week? Okay, let me, yeah, let me just do that. Let me, let me, let me cover that on. Uh, what did I learn last week? Honestly, I loved Man of Steel. I learned that I might love Man of Steel, like that it might be the it might be exactly the same kind of evil as all of my other favorite movies. Uh, I learned that Michael Shannon is great and that I do a great impression of him. Uh, What's what? Hang on. Hey, it's it's me, Michael Shannon. (laughs) Damn, we have got a cast of characters on this week's episode of Toxic Podcast. I'll tell you one thing. This is a sort of podcast, you hear it, you go, I don't want this guy to get his face ripped off. I think this guy's a funny character. Inhabiting a podcast world populated by other funny characters. Listen, is there anything I need to apologize for from last week? Yeah, yeah, definitely. A lot of the bits, uh, my my aborted Frasier bit was bad, um... I just want to apologize that I, I, some, sometimes, you know, I, I've said this many times, but like, I just want to apologize that like, this is the sort of content that I put into the world. <laughs> oh God, you, you, I mean, I'll tell you one thing. I wish that I made like hilarious cartoons that, that gave people joy and made them feel like a little bit of a, a like a, a breath of fresh air. Instead of encouraging you to climb into a pit with me and sit in a box while men bury us beneath the earth, and I'm like, "Hey, this is crazy, right? Feels like we're gonna die." <sighs> so um, now I've done. I've you know most well-structured podcast in these in, in America. Uh, I told you what I learned. I told you what I had to apologize for. And now, guess what, baby? This train is rolling right on into, uh, Toxic Station, uh, where, where, where the, where the delays are always, uh, um, shit. I really, I really, well, I guess, yeah, I guess my life is on the line, so I am grasping at bit straws here, but let's, I, I just want to, okay. I, I kind of want to get into 51st dates because I know I'm going to have a lot to say about like 51st dates and about Adam Sandler movies and about, um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to front load this information. I'm just going to tell you this right up front. Uh, when I was in December of 2015, uh, at a time that could arguably be described as my lowest ebb, although there are like, like, I uh, you know, like there are August of 2016, um, May of 2015, May of 2016. Um, <laughs> these are all these are all hot candidates for my lowest ebb. Uh, maybe I spent maybe I spent ten months at my lowest ebb. I'm not gonna. You guys don't need to hear this. We have a working relationship. Um, but in any case, during this period of of time when I was just really, uh, I've never been less proud of myself. Uh, but I did, I can't, I can't believe I'm about to 180 and tell you that I'm proud of myself for doing this insane. I watched every happy Madison productions movie in a period of about two weeks. Uh, so that's 36 movies. Happy Madison productions is Adam Sandler's production company that he founded after his like major success in the mid nineties. Uh, of course the name is a composite of happy Gilmore and Billy Madison, two of his most successful films. Uh, Happy Madison Productions makes um, like in some ways they make almost exclusively toxic media. And that is an it is it's it's an incredible, you know, I, I don't sometimes I think I'm being a little too hard on the Sandler movies like the the way that I, I, I guess it's, it's just a hard thing because he gets into this sort of wheelhouse in the in the late in the 2000s, in the 2000s. Where he's making like movie after movie after movie, like year after year, and there the quality control kind of goes out the window, and he seems increasingly um he seems increasingly like he is uh allowed to do whatever he wants. So his character is like in a lot of comedies you have like a lovable loser character who starts from a position of low status. Adam Sandler's characters other than, you know, like Little Nicky, in in most cases they are like the coolest guy in the room. They are like almost, you know very usually in control of the situations. They like make fun of people around them. They're like constantly getting laid. At like it's it's kind of nuts. It's it's really that this man was and I don't mean to denigrate his like. He, clearly, he's a very talented, very funny guy, and clearly he like works very hard. And in exchange, he is in this sort of like crazy fantasy realm where he gets to make all of these movies about how cool he is, and everyone loves him. And like the the um, the amount of the amount of energy put into certain things versus other things in these movies, and and also like the amount of basketball he's allowed to play in these movies. In Happy Madison movies, he is always playing fucking basketball. He doesn't do it in this movie, thankfully, but he does play a four-minute goddamn ukulele song. So let's talk, let's talk about 50 First Dates. Let's talk about Fifty First Dates. It's um, it's it's one of the first movies, and this is such a toxic element of Adam Sandler movies. He's he begins to discover eventually <laughs> that if he sets his movie in, like, a tropical location and, like, a beautiful, like, a vacation destination, he gets to get paid to go on vacation and he, like, brings his family along with him and this, it is like, it's so insane how many of these there are. There's 50 First Dates, there is Just Go With It, there is Blended, there is Jack and Jill, all of these movies also, like, and again, and again, I'm not gonna. I'm not saying he wasn't working. I'm just saying that like this is an insanely strange method of constructing your movies. And like later on, all the movies start to like involve like central scenes at Hooters and like you know like Buffalo Wild Wings and and it just like the the. Adam Sandler's intersection of entertainment and, like, and, you know, like, sort of capitalism and, like, exploit, he, you know, perhaps he is even exploiting capitalism to his own ends. Uh, Well, he certainly is, but uh, I gotta, okay, I gotta start, I gotta start giving you some of those, some of those entertainment bucks. I know I, (laughs) I know that listeners and subscribers of Toxic Podcast receive 50 entertainment bucks in the mail, and uh, they... (laughs) ...are asked very kindly to send them back to me. So I recently received a bunch of entertainment bucks. I'm on the hook for at least... um, Let me see here. Uh, Russell, Russell, Russell. I'm on the hook for about five entertainment bucks worth of entertainment. And let's face it. I'm fighting to keep my beautiful face. I don't want to have my face ripped off by Tobin Bell, the Jigsaw Killer. I know he's listening. He's also a huge Sandler fan. So... Fifty First Dates begins in an, un- an unacceptable way, which is with a series of women all telling the same story about how they met this guy on vacation uh, in Hawaii. And they had this, like, week-long, torrid, like, incredibly passionate, incredibly romantic fling with him. And he, like, s- s- did everything right. He said everything right. He took them to all the right spots. He took them to all, like, the the, um, the hidden away local spots. And they slow danced. And, uh, oh, he was such a great lover. I'll never forget Henry Roth. They all, it's clear that, like, one speech was written. And then it was, like, divided up between all these women. So, because, like, they're cutting at various points in the speech And, um, basically the idea is that all of these women have had an identical experience that like all of them are ultimately happy with. And that's like one of these, that's like one of the very sneaky things this movie does is it's like, Hey, he's not doing something that's kind of sociopathic and like incredibly dishonest. Uh, these women love having a fling on vacation. He's actually doing them. He's doing them a solid, um, but yeah, all the women they say it, the only thing that happened when I when I wanted to get his number, he got really weird, and he told me he couldn't give his number for all these variety of reasons. And then here the speeches become different. Is oh he was joining the priesthood. Oh he told me he was gay. He told me he was uh, an astronaut going to space. And we suddenly cut in. Now we're on the Hawaiian Islands. I don't know what Hawaii. I don't know why I said it, the Hawaiian Islands. I'm sorry, but now we're in Hawaii, and a woman is going Henry Roth you didn't tell me you were a secret agent, which it's just, all right, fine. I mean, like in these movies, everyone except Adam Sandler is dumb, but the female characters are especially dumb in these movies. And, uh, It's, it's 2004. It's 2004. These jokes, a lot of these jokes really don't age. A lot of the way these characters behave and the the things that you were expected to laugh at is really like, this is another, that's the other thing about these Sandler movies is he's an asshole. Like, and he's always doing this. He's always fucking doing this in, in like, just go with it. He like wears a wedding ring and he like lies to women in bars to manipulate their like sympathy for him. And you're like, it's like, cool. And like in, um, is that just go with it? Yeah. In, um. Uh, uh, In The Longest Yard, in his The Longest Yard remake, he locks his girlfriend in a closet and steals her car and goes for a drunken joy. Like, that's how he ends up in prison. He could have gone to prison for a technicality that would have made his character, like, a good person. He, He... I don't know. I don't know, like, what this is. I think it... I honestly, like, I believe... an issue that I have with these types of movies with the Adam Sandler, like style of comedy is that it, there is still this way in which humor is inexplicably linked to like cruelty to like being cruel to another person. And, and obviously these movies cat punch down catastrophically. So like there's there, um, there is a, a transphobic joke in, in this, uh, movie that isn't even a joke. It's literally just Adam Sandler going, Oh, and I'm so happy you had your gender reassignment surgery. And, and the implied viewer is meant to view that as such a like weird alien, like, Oh, like it's, it's, it makes me annoyed because of who it thinks I am as a viewer. Uh, And it makes me annoyed because of where it sets the bar for like what a normal guy thinks about the world. Um, and I mean, like, I'm not talking about Chuck and Larry, we could talk about Chuck and Larry and I'm sorry. I don't, I, again, I'm, I, I feel like i say this every episode. There is no, no fucking, no one. I do not deserve any, it's bullshit. This is the, the danger of this podcast is, of is it that it devolves into me listing things that I find problematic about a movie? And I think that's so toxic and I want to not. And t- you obviously, oh God, I feel like this, I feel like you could cut together like nine hours of me stuttering out this exact speech about how, like, I don't want to ignore the problematic stuff. In fact, that's part of why I'm, I'm doing it on the podcast. That's like a, a toxic element of the movie, but also like, I'm just a white guy pointing at something if I not changing the world, uh, and not changing the world. Jesus. Well, I mean, vote Kalini, but, but do so. And if I'm sorry, I'm applying deodorant, uh, if you'd like a peek behind the curtain, I'm sitting in my room. The air conditioner has to be off so that I can record and it's 90 degrees today and I'm only wearing box. Oh my God, I just got locked out of my apartment because I'm the dumbest man alive. I can't believe I actually just did that. I took a bunch of paper recycling out of my apartment to place it on the landing outside of my apartment. I bent down to place it on the landing and I heard the door slam and I realized I was standing out there in my boxer shorts with no keys, no phone. I didn't know if anyone was in the apartment and I rang the doorbell frantically and I woke up my roommate and I believe a listener of the podcast, Evan. Hey, Evan, thanks so much for letting me back in. Uh, if you hadn't, I would have had to go downstairs and walk outside and interrupt like a family gathering and be like, Hey, does anyone have keys to the apartments? (laughs) Oh, wow. But, um, so Adam's, oh, I'm, I'm, Jesus Christ. I immediately di- diverged into like, oh, fuck, fuck. I hate myself. God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's not your problem. We're, we have a working relationship. Uh, <laughs> but Adam Sandler, he's like telling this woman he's a secret agent. He's never going to be able to see her again. And then he kind of, he just disappears. He jumps onto the back of a guy's jet ski. And the guy's like, whoa, who the hell are you? And Adam Sandler's like, I'll give you 20 bucks if you just keep going. See, he's just like kind of a, and he's, so he's a, he's a veterinarian, uh, oh, he's a veterinarian at an aquarium, and um, it, uh, ugh, like everyone loves him. Like he's he's first he's hanging out with his friend Rob Schneider. Oh my god, I cannot. This, <laughs> I'm, I'm like I'm like oh I don't want to focus too much on these movies being problematic. And then like Rob Schneider plays like a Hawaiian islander in this movie. Rob Schneider in every Adam Sandler movie. Rob Schneider is in a different form of brown or yellow face, or he's 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 um. Uh, no, no, it's, yeah, it's, he is always playing a race of which he is not a member in Chuck and Larry. He plays an absolutely like horrifying Asian stereotype in, uh, in, in, uh, bedtime stories. He plays like a native American chief. Um, and in this movie, Rob Schneider actually is part, I believe Filipino and has defended some of his portrayals of like Pacific Islanders as not being offensive because of that. You know, his, his, his character is a, like a, a, a lazy guy who like smokes weed all day. And oh, this is actually, I will, I've got to give it up at this, at this. He thinks that sharks are naturally peaceful. And it's like a running joke in the movie as he keeps talking about how sharks are like dogs. <laughs> and that I got to say, very funny, Rob Schneider. But everything else, hey, whoa, hey, disapprove. Uh, so his best friend is Rob Schneider and it's like, he's such a, Adam Sandler's such a cool guy. He's like, Rob Schneider's got like, he's got like five kids who are, who are like omnipresent. Anytime Rob Schneider is there, his kids are also there and the kids are like constantly kind of laughing at him and outperforming him and like running down his energy and Adam Sandler is like making jokes and the kids are laughing and, uh, suddenly his assistant Alexa, who is, um, like a, an Eastern European woman who Adam Sandler again spends the whole movie, like calling her a man and stuff. But she runs in and she's like, we have emergency with walrus. And they go out to the walrus and the walrus isn't breathing. And Adam Sandler's like, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to give him a CPR. Like you got to put your face near the walrus's mouth. And he pushes on the walrus and the walrus pukes onto Alexa's face for like 10 sustained seconds. Um... So, again, this podcast is called Toxic Podcast. Uh, Fifty First Dates is a movie where a walrus throws up on a woman, and then Adam Sandler high-fives the walrus, because she goes to wash herself off, and it turns out that wasn't like, oh, oh, that walrus was sick. The walrus did that on purpose, because he and Adam Sandler were pranking Alexa for eating his his lunch the other week. Like, that's the... God, I'm so mad. I'm so fucking... And he never he never gets any comeuppance in these movies he never change he nevers like he's never like oh I have to be a better person The movies are all about all the characters around him realizing how great he is Ugh, so his life is great he's constantly having like one week long flings with women who are on vacation here and like he's he's got a boat that he's fixing up because eventually he wants to take his boat to Alaska and like study walruses, I think, but his boat, I think his boat symbolically is like, it's like kind of like his fear of commitment as well with these like flings is like he, the boat is never like finished, but like, what does it really mean to be finished? It keeps like breaking and he can't has to, he has to postpone his journey. He has to postpone his journey. Uh, one day he's out sailing his boat trying to make sure that it's ready for the journey and like the mass breaks and everything is all fucked up. He ends up on a part of the island he's not uh been to before, and he wanders into a diner and there he sees uh lucy he uh he like he meets like the cook at the diner Nick and the owner sue uh, and they're kind of nice to him they have like a nice little rapport um Lucy walks in, Lucy is Drew Barrymore and it's kind of, you know, it's shot in one of those like, Oh my God, an angel just walked into the diner and she sits down and she's obviously a very, she's a very quirky character. She's got tons of dimensions. (laughs) And so she's making a tower with her waffles. She's like constructing a tower out of her waffles. Adam Stanley said, Oh my God, I have to talk to her. He doesn't do it. He doesn't talk to her. Um, the next day he goes back and finally he's like watching her make her waffle tower and he, get, he screws up his courage and he gets up and he takes a little toothpick. She's like having trouble like making a door for her like waffle building and he comes over and he says, hey, like, I'm sorry to bug you, but I bet this would help. And he sticks the uh, little toothpick in the waffles. He creates like a little hinge so the door can open. She goes, oh my God, thank you. And then she's like, oh my God, you're eating alone. You should, you should sit with me. And so Lucy and Adam Sandler, what is Adam Sandler? Henry Roth. His characters are always these, whatever, whatever. I'm not even going to, I know too much about Happy Madison. I'm universalizing everything. Um, so they, it's, I guess they have like their, their meat cute where the dialogue is like, I think the dialogue is actually pretty sweet. Like they get along pr- well. I'm not, you know, it's, I, I, I am not the arbiter of good dialogue. I don't know. But, like, it's not really, it's not super cringy. Uh, it's obviously, like, it's a rom-com, so it's a little weird that either of them would spend this much time. Like, the, the, you know, the, it's the magic of love. But they sit in the diner all day talking, and, like, he's like, oh, my hands smell like fish. I'm sorry. And she's like, no, I love that smell. Like, my dad and his bro- my, my brother are fishermen. Like, it's one of my favorite smells in the world. They, um... Uh, he mansplains walruses to her. He's like talking all about walruses for like a while. He's just like what well, people don't realize about walruses, and he goes on and on about walruses. He's really ugh, he cares a, he really get, cares a great deal about walruses. Um, and uh, Jesus, so they plan to meet the next day. Like they have such a nice lunch date that they they have to or breakfast. They have breakfast and they stay out all day. And then Sue is like, "Hey guys, I'm, I'm, I have to get ready for lunch." So they go out. They make plans to have breakfast again the next day. And, um, they're so excited that they've met each other that they like, they go on into their, they're like standing next to their cars and there's this big van in between them and they're both dancing cause they're like so happy and the van pulls away and they both turn and they see each other dancing. It's incredibly cute. Um, uh, it's really, it's really a cute, it's a cute movie. Uh, so now he's hanging out with Rob Schneider and, um, he's Oh my God, this is the part where they're golfing. This is like barely even worth mentioning, but like so much of this movie is just like characters like doing things that you would do on vacation, but they're but they're also on set. like Rob Schneider and Adam Sandler golf, and he like tells Rob Schneider about about Lucy, and he's like, oh my god, I, it's it's I can't fall for a local girl. you know, my whole thing is a f- fear of commitment. um so this is this is like the conflict. I guess the thing of the movie is he gets over his fear of commitment. Because, uh because literally she forgets every day. And, like, he's the one who has to drive forward the commitment. But it's so, it's so, it's, it's problematic. And, um, so he tries to, oh, this is so weird. Yeah, that night, he, like, goes on a date with a woman who's on vacation. Because he's like, I don't want to fall for a local. Like, I'm not going to go back to the diner. I'm just going to keep doing what I was doing. And, um, I think... Uh, it's Missy Pyle is um, drinking. She like drinks a whole scorpion ball and she's like, oh my God, I'm having so much fun on this date. Like what, what, what do you want to do next? Like she's very like, let's have sex. And Adam Sandler, it's, this is so weird. He's like very detached throughout the date. And then he gives this like little speech where he's like, no, you're not, you're not drunk. Those drinks don't actually have alcohol in them. This is a trick I've pulled many times to help people like you loosen up but still be able to have vigorous sex all night. Like, he doesn't say, like... And this wouldn't... I mean, you know, any time when a character is tricking another character into drinking something, they don't know what they're drinking. Like, I think alarm bells should go off. But he gives this very strange speech about, like, I've been conning you this whole time. I'm manipulating you. And she's like, okay, can we pretend you didn't say that? And, like, can you have sex with me? It's my last night. Like, I just want to have sex with someone. God, what a weird scene. And he's like, no. Um, Ugh. Ugh. But then he's like, but that guy wants to have sex with you. And he points over and his assistant Alexa is in the restaurant. So yeah. So these are, you know, like every like two or three minutes, there's like a joke that kind of makes you feel like that. Um, But in any case, the next day he goes back to the diner and the owner's like, Hey, I have to talk to you. But before that happens, Lucy comes in sits down, doesn't really see him. And he comes up to her and he's really familiar. He's like, Hey, look, my, my hands, they smell really fishy if you want to smell them. And she's like, what? And he's like, Oh, like the, I was, I was stroking my walrus thinking about you this morning. And she's like, Oh my God, get the hell away from me. Like you're a pervert. Like I, um, the cook Nick is this like huge dude with a cleaver and like Nick comes out with the cleaver to like protect her. And Sue, uh, the owner is like, get outside, come outside with me, come outside. And, um, she explains that Lucy on her father's birthday, a little over or under or over a year ago, um, was in a car accident that gave her like a traumatic brain injury where every morning she wakes up thinking it's the morning of the accident. She can't store, like, new memories. She's got everything before the accident, and then every morning she wakes up thinking it's the accident. Um, and it is insane. I cannot believe they actually show you the car crash. Like, there's this, like, and do you realize by the Flaming Lips is playing? Why? They're, like, listening to the Flaming Lips on the ride. I guess it was 2004. And you know, we're, Jesus Christ, do you realize? But so, like, the and this movie can't give anyone any dignity because, like, a cow runs them off the road. It's, it can't just be, like, a car crash. It's literally, like, a cow, and they spin out. And the article says, like, errant cow causes crash. And um, so she thinks that every day is October 13th. And Sue, the owner, says Lucy does the same thing every single day. Which, it's... This is impossible. Like it's, it's everything about this is impossible. Like I don't want to, and I don't want to like, there's no sound in space, the movie 50 first dates, but like this premise is so nuts and, and it's nightmarish. It is literally a nightmare because here's what happens next is the focus of the movie goes to Lucy's family and we see her arriving home after breakfast and her father has, is like, Hey, I just want to let you know, I painted my workshop white. Why don't you paint the walls? And, uh, so she's like, oh my God, I'm so excited to paint the walls. You know what you should do? You should watch the Vikings game. So he's like, yeah, the Vikings game. And he gets out this VHS tape of the Vikings game. That he and his his other... Uh, Lucy's brother, Samwise Gamgee. Samwise Gamgee is uh, really into bodybuilding in this. Like, his whole... He's, like, on steroids. And he's, like, always talking about, like, his glutes. And he's got, like, a big speech impediment. Like, he's, he's made a lot of fun of because of his speech impediment. Uh, Samwise is actually in a lot of the Sandler movies. He's in uh, Blended, too, I believe. No. Which one is it? It's the one where he's, like, a swim instructor. Ah, uh, shit. I don't... I'm not gonna bog myself down with this. But, um... So Samwise and the dad watch the Vikings game for like the hundredth like they've watched this game over and over again. And like Lucy sits down and she's like, "Who's winning?" And she's like, "Oh my god, I bet, I bet they're gonna punt it." And Samwise is like, "I bet that uh, such and such is gonna throw a fake to like X Y Z, and then he's gonna run it to X Y Z in the end zone." And Lucy's like, "I don't think that's gonna happen." He's like, "Loser does the dishes." And then like it turns out that he just like knows every single thing that happens in this game. So like he exerts an almost uncanny premonition about the the game lucy goes to do the dishes and the father's like don't do that don't like manipulate your sister like that this is like their lives must be so fucking tense and horrible like it's so it's so scary the at the end of the so lucy goes to bed and like they celebrate the father's birthday they celebrate his birthday every day they watch The Sixth Sense every day. They watch a Vikings game every day. I also do think it's funny that like they watch The Sixth Sense cuz like it's very dated, but like after the movie like Lucy's like, "I can't believe it. Bruce Willis was dead the whole time." It's like an er- like one of those early like almost like an early meme is like the 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 idea of Bruce Willis being dead the whole time and of that like being like a fundamental movie twist. Um but so Lucy goes to bed and then Samwise and her dad They take photographs of all of the beautiful paintings that she did in the workshop, and then they repaint over all of it. They just paint the walls white. They scrape all the remaining cake into the fucking garbage because they have to eat cake every day, which is probably wreaking havoc on their bodies. They, um, at one point you see Samwise pouring tiny amounts of shampoo into a bottle. Like apparently they are so meticulous about making sure she lives the same day that they're replacing shampoo in bottles. Uh, the dad has these hundreds and hundreds of newspapers printed up, uh, from the same day so that she can wake up and see like a fresh paper every day that has the same day. He washes her outfit so she can wear the same outfit every day. This is insane. This is horrifying. This is, this is toxic media. This is, uh, right. All right. All right. All right. We're, we're, we're doing it. You guys, we're on the edge. We're on the cutting edge. Um, every, okay. So uh, there's. This movie is I got to say at this point really badly directed, it's really badly edited. Uh this movie is very in a lot of ways very lazy. Like Sandler movies like they're going to they're they're going to put a lot of budget into the location. They're going to get everyone to fucking Hawaii. They're going to have Drew Barrymore in the movie. Uh, you know, it's going to be a big deal because they were in the Wedding Singer together and they've already got like everyone knows that they have like pretty good chemistry all things considered. And I by, by all things considered I mean he's Adam Sandler. <laughs> but uh the, the, like, cuts, like, every scene in this movie kind of, like, fades awkwardly out, and then, like, another sort of islandy song starts playing, it's, and it, like, fades back in on the island. It's very, ugh, ugh. But, um, so, originally, there's kind of a weird flip in this where, like, Adam Sandler goes back to the diner uh, and is like, hey, like, I want to talk to Lucy, and the cook's like, hey, if you talk to Lucy, I'm going to kill you. Like, Lucy, Sue told me that if you bother Lucy, I'm supposed to kill you. And Adam Sandler's like, well, what if I make a bet with you that like, I'm going to bet you $20 that I can get Lucy to have lunch with me again. And the cook's like, all right, you're on. Um, So he tries the waffle door trick. And this is kind of fun. Like, I like this because it like shows that people are like, all people are different. Even like, if you're living the same day, like you're different, but like, he like walks up and he's like. Hey, allow me. He like maybe his attitude is really different too because he's overconfident. He's like, allow me, and he puts the toothpick in her waffle thing, and she goes, Oh, I'm sorry. Were you raised somewhere where it was okay for strangers to come up and put their hands all over everyone's food? And um, that's that's funny. And then he does this like. He's, like, double or nothing. And he starts coming back every day and trying to, like, get her to have lunch with him by, like, using, like, all the information that he knows about her. Like, one time he paints a picture of, like, a father and son on a fishing boat. And he, like, shows it to her. And she starts speaking, uh, like, I believe maybe Japanese. Like, she just, like, pretends she doesn't speak English. There's some good bits with that. But it's also, like, I thought it seemed as though the diner staff was, like, we're going to protect Lucy at all costs. And now they're, like kind of allowing him to harass her on a daily basis as part of this weird bet about whatever. There's this one time where he pretends not to read God, everyone fucking loved lying in the '90s and 2000s. Every fucking sitcom, Friends, Frasier, everyone's just lying to each other, and and uh, I, I just can't believe it. Like lying is bad, guys. I don't, I don't mean to come out with like a real hard, hot take, but lying, ulti- never a good thing, never explicitly a good thing. Uh, There are some times when keeping information from people might be better than hurting them, but I don't even, like, I don't even necessarily, I don't think that's, I think in a lot of cases that's also not okay. Um, uh, God. So this he finally gets her to have lunch with him by pretending he can't read he like sobs and sobs and sobs and she like comes over and like helps him read the menu and she sort of teaches him to read and he like he's he's fulfilled his bet with the cook and he's gotten some time hanging around lucy and he knows that there's no point in trying to ask her out on a date so at the end of the meal he like walks away and she's like what you pretended not to know how to read just to meet me and you're not even going to ask me out and she's like really and she's like thanks for the ego boost dude and so she drives away, So she's because she's mad, and he follows her home, which is like, I just can't, I can't believe that the people making these movies don't see how weird some of these things are. Like, so he gets in his car and just drives behind her until she's home, and the father and brother come out of the apartment, come out of the apartment, come out of the house, and they're like, hey, hey, stay, stay away from my daughter. Like, you know that she can't be in a relationship. It's wrong to try to be in a relationship with her. He finally seems to understand, like, what I'm doing is wrong. And she, uh, the, the father's like, do us a favor and stay away from that diner. Um, and so now Adam Sandler has received a genuine, like, please stay away from my daughter from the father. And he's, he's like, should I respect this guy's wishes? And Alexa, God, I cannot, there's such creepy diet Oh my God. So uh, Alexa says to him, like, there are ways to not break promise. For example, if a father asked me not to look at his daughter again, I would simply shut my eyes while she serviced my member. That's, like, oh, my God. That I wonder who played that character. I'm also, like, it's bad. A, th- a, th- a thing you shouldn't do when you watch these movies is, like, get mad at the actual actors for saying their awful lines. <laughs> because we're all oh my god what a nightmare i'm sorry i'm sorry about this world i'm sorry about i'm sorry i'm well let's let's keep talking uh, so there's some more great animal stuff god the money that they put into animal training and then they didn't uh whatever so now he just starts stalking her he doesn't go back to the diner but he starts planting himself along the road and doing these like weird like uh He like, uh, pretends he needs a a jump. Like he pretends he needs, uh, his car battery has died. There's one day where he like sets up a fake, um, like checkpoint and pretends to be a cop. Like it's weird, weird shit. Um, he sets a penguin loose in the road to like stop her car and she almost runs it over one day. Some of, some of these are like kind of cute, I guess. Some of them function as punchlines. Again, the, the, it's weird. It's not okay what he's doing. He's just stalking a lady with no memory. Um... There's one really good one where Rob Schneider, he enlists Rob Schneider to pretend to beat him up by the side of the road and Drew Barrymore uh, pulls over and it turns out she has a steel bat in her car and she beats Rob Schneider almost to death with the bat and Adam Sandler's like literally like, he's had enough, he's had enough! And she goes, no, it's not enough! (laughs) Um, So one day he's like pretending to be kidnapped, he's sitting in like the bed of a truck all tied up and the brother and Samwise, or the father and Samwise come up and they're like, hey... Come, you need to come to the house. When you're done with your little fucking shenanigans, come to the house. So he thinks he's going to get like really chewed out or beaten up or whatever. But the father takes him over to the workshop where Lucy is like painting over the white workshop and she's singing, Wouldn't It Be Nice by the Beach Boys, like really, really kind of like loud and bad and like in a really sweet way that like she's so clearly like very happy. And the father goes, she only sings on days she meets you. And she's singing the mom and dad's song. So it's like, oh, my God, it's very this is so this part starts tugging at my heartstrings. And I have to admit to you at this point in the episode that I did start crying a little bit uh, at this and other points. But I cried at this point. Sorry. Um, So he Adam Sandler makes a very good point, which is he's like, well, one day she's going to wake up and she's going to have aged enough that every day is going to be terrifying. Like, what are you going to do about that? And the father's like, I don't really know. But, like, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world if you're in her life. Like, I don't really know. Um, So, the next day, she's – oh, my God, she's reading a Tom Robbins book, which I've never read Tom Robbins. It's just, like, the cover of her book is shown prominently in a lot of shots. She's reading Tom Robbins. But um, the next day, they go to the diner, and he's about to talk to her. He, like, starts trying to talk to her and, like, maybe – but she gets a ticket for her expired tags. She goes out, and there's this, like, traffic cop – writing a ticket. And she's like, what do you mean? These it's October. And everyone's like, whoa, no, it's not. And she like grabs a newspaper. She sees a real newspaper. Her world starts crumbling. She starts like freaking out. She drives home and, um, she's like drives home, like honking the horn. And the father, like, he says like, we got a bad day. Like, apparently this is a thing that has happened before. And, um, God, she, So the father like shows her the pictures of herself after the accident and shows her the newspapers, the identical newspapers. And she's just crying and crying. And like reality shifting is very hard when reality is not reality. It's extremely difficult. Like when you thought you were in one reality and I can't, I'm I'm not even, I don't even want to, I don't even want to get into that, but she, she wants to go to the doctor who diagnosed her and like hear it from him. And they're like, listen, you have many times, but Sandler's like, let's go, let's all go. I want to know. Um, Uh, there's, oh my God, there's, there's one moment where she turns to Sandler and goes, so you're my boyfriend? Do we have sex? And Sandler's like, no, no, we don't. Uh, and that's, yeah. Oh God. So they're driving and she, she's got another line. She goes, so you guys just have to lie to me every day. And at this point I started thinking maybe this movie is good. And then I thought, no, it can't be. So they go to this like memory institute, uh, where big Danny Aykroyd, uh, big Danny A, uh, is the doctor, uh, and he assures her that, like, her condition is stable, but that she's, um... She's, uh... She's not gonna get her memory back, basically. Uh, they introduce her to 10 Second Tom, just as an example of how things, like, could be worse, but, like, I don't know. This is another one of those... All the, all these Adam Sandler movies, Zohan, Chuck, and Larry, they, they all do this thing where they, like, show you, uh, like, situation that's difficult, or, like, a people... Uh, a, a people. A, uh, like a group of people that is being oppressed or mistreated somehow. And, and the movie like wants to congratulate itself for being like progressive or to like draw your attention to that. And really they're just using these people as punchlines and like not treating them well. And it's gross. And, you know, going to this memory Institute and having everyone there, like have like funny memory issues is pretty, you know, meh. But, um, when, Oh, okay. So the next, that night, Adam Sandler has an idea. And he makes this VHS tape uh, and he he gives it to he says like, hey, Lucy, uh, you don't know me, but like here I have a special delivery for you. When she's at the, the diner, he gives her some lilies, which she loves. She tells him that because oh, they're starting to like each other. She goes to bed and she says like, hey, um, hey, Adam Sandler, like if you want to if you want me to have a good interaction with you tomorrow, like talk to me about lilies. I really like lilies. And that's like. You're meant to see that, like, slowly she is, like, growing comfortable with him over the course of the... Day. Like, whatever, whatever. Um, so next day, he's made this tape. This is the first installation of the tape. He says to the dad, you know, like, what when you guys tell her the truth, I think a lot of what freaks her out so much is the idea that, like, her life is such a setup. You know, like, sorry we couldn't trick you today. So maybe you have to let her live in reality. Like maybe every day you have to tell her. And so she's watching the videotape and he's made this really weird series of like cuts where it's like, wouldn't it be nice by the beach boys is playing. And on the screen, it says like, hi Lucy, everything's going to be okay. But here are some things you missed this year. And it like shows her the accident. It shows her like, He's like done this little scene where he shows her how he and her met and like Rob Schneider is pretending to be her. They, 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 have some mischief and even though she's watching the video and like her world is crashing down around her, she like kind of smiles a little bit. See Sandler is like a fucking, even though his, even though so much of his behavior is like evil at times in these movies and he's so cruel at times. He's also, these movies are like, yeah, that's right. He's a fucking saint. Yeah. Look at that. Look at what a good guy he is. And people, oh my God. Uh, so they, they, over the course of these, uh, now there's like a montage where like every day he shows her the tape and every day they're in a relationship and like every day he like starts helping her like go out and like meet her friends again who she couldn't see because like they they lived in reality and she lived in the same day. And the friends are all like, oh my God, so you mean to tell me that every day you meet her and make her fall in love with you all over? Like everyone's just treating him like he is a hero. He's the greatest guy in the world. Um, they have their first kiss and she's like, oh my God, the first kiss is always the best. And Adam Sandler's like, yeah, you've said that before. And then there's this montage of them having first kisses. And the idea is that like, He's, like, putting all of himself into, like, giving her, like, a full... Like, what what full life she can uh, have. Uh, oh, my God. Now he's... And then he starts to make her feel guilty for not fucking him. Like, they're in an aquarium... They're in the aquarium one night... And there, she's like, wow, so how many first kisses have we had? Um, oh yeah, she, she she like swats his hand away when he tries to feel her boob. And he's like, well, you know, it's been a lot of first kisses. Where, when are we gonna, when are we gonna do the old one-two haru?" Um, he introduces her to the walrus, and then he takes her outside to the beach, and he plays that fucking ukulele song, Forgetful Lucy, and I hate it. I hate it. Um... And then do they have sex? I don't know if they have sex or if they just fall asleep together. Like they have this incredibly romantic night together and they fall asleep in the same bed accidentally. And it's, it's so painful when you can see it coming a mile away and, and God, she, you know, she wakes up and there's a guy in her bed and she screams and she like beats him up. And uh, she like is immediately traumatized and immediately has to discover the truth about her life in a really jarring way that does not involve the tape. And they call in Big Danny A, who kills it in this movie. He's always telling uh, always telling Samwise Gamgee to get off the juice, and Samwise Gamgee's like, "Hey, I ain't dropping no eaves, sir. Honest." Um, but the the like men are downstairs like discussing Lucy's condition, and Lucy is upstairs. She's like in a room, like kind of just like uh, sort of dealing. And she goes to the door and she hears that Adam Sandler has like indefinitely shelved his Alaska plan to take care of Lucy's like Lucy needs me here. And she's made so much progress. And, um, God, I do. I, and again, like I'm sorry, I'm starting to cry. Um, because later that day she goes to the aquarium and she breaks up with him because she's like, you can't live your whole life for me. Like you have to live your life. And like, I'm a burden to you. And this is like, Oh my God, this is, there was so much stuff in this movie too, at this point that I started like feeling a lot about like mental health and like how mental health affects your relationships and affects like the people who love you and affects the way you feel about accepting help and about even, you know, and maybe that's projecting, but like it's God. Um, but she's you know she says like what are what are we going to do get married have kids you think you think that I'm going to wake up every morning with like an enormous pregnant belly How's how is that going to be like that's going to be there's no future with me so what she what she enlists him to do and again like this is like what a saint he is is she's like i've been keeping a journal um because the tape i kind of wanted to have something that was more in my control i wanted to be told it by me and not just by someone else and you know, that's also reading my journal, uh, is how I like remember how much I love you. And I need you to help me erase you from my journal. So now they, there's this montage of Sandler helping her, like literally like cutting out all the pieces of the journal that he's in. And then they're both really sad. There's a sad montage. And so he finally goes to Alaska and you know Lucy is like living her best life. She's like out and about. Like one day she goes to the aquarium with a bunch of people from the Memory Institute, and like walks right by him. And he's he's gonna leave now. He goes. He bids everyone adieu. He bids Ralph Schneider adieu. He bids Samwise Gamgee adieu. Um, he bids the father adieu. He bid, he bids everyone adieu. And the father is like, hey, I got you this. I give. I, I gives him like a tape. And he sets off on his boat, and the tape is The Beach Boys. And he's, like, crying and listening to The Beach Boys. And he's, like, yelling at the f- dad. He's like, you sick bastard! Why would you do this to me? He's just sobbing. <laughs> and um, And I keep, honestly, I'm looking at my notes, and, like, the thing that I have over and over in my notes is, wow, this movie is not bad. Maybe this is, like, the Boss Baby episode. No, this movie is toxic. Like, a walrus throws up on a woman, and then Adam Sandler congratulates the walrus. Like, I'm... Let's, let's not get too ahead of ourselves here, but, um, so he's on his boat and he's suddenly, he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Maybe the dad's trying to tell me something. Maybe the Beach Boys song means that she remembers me, which I think is a weird extrapolation, but he like takes his boat back and he runs to the memory clinic and, um, <laughs> and Lucy is like teaching a painting class and he runs in and he goes, excuse me, I'm so sorry to bother you. Lucy Whitmore. Do you have any idea who I am? And she says, no, but I need to show you something. And She takes, (laughs) this is so funny. This is so funny. She takes him back into the, um, uh, into like her personal studio and she shows him that everything she paints is a picture of his face. She's just painted like a million pictures of him, like a medium, handsome Jewish guy, and they're in all different like styles. There's, so, he's so funny. It's so funny. The amount, ima- like, art people had to make those. People were, it spent hours and days. Painting different styled portraits of Adam Sandler so that they could be hung from the ceiling of this studio as this, like, ostensibly incredibly romantic turn. Oh, my God, it's so funny. And so they, 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 you know, they kiss, and they get together, and uh, now we're like, we cut to Lucy wakes up one day, and she doesn't know where she is, and she looks at the tape, and now the tape has become, like, even more streamlined, and the tape is, like, an ever-growing... It's a living document, like our constitution should be, but... Let's, uh, we're we're not going to, we're not going to solve any of those problems today. Um, But she's, you know, she sees her own wedding. She like sees, and she fucking goes, now she's on like, oh my God. And that song, that ukulele Somewhere Over the Rainbow plays, which like that song is terrorism. That song is fucking monster. That song is a, 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 it should be, it should be, (laughs) it should be purged from the culture. That song, no, no good shall ever come of it. But finally she looks out the window and she's on Adam Sandler's boat in Alaska and she goes upstairs and she's got fucking kids now, which is insane. And that's the end of the movie. That's, and, 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 and I I have now seen this movie three times, once in theaters, once in in December, 2015 and once yesterday. And I cannot, I mean, my head is spinning, like being able to pay more attention to the tape like the tape is like, it is like cool that like, I don't know. Cause there's, there's the one thing where it's like, Hey, this is the tape. And it's just like telling you about your life and then putting you in the driver's seat. But at the end of the movie, the tape is like, Hey, I just wanted to let you know, you agreed to come to Alaska and have kids with me. And so like this, it's just, it's so much less like here, the world is in your hands. And like, Hey, this is why you're here. Um, Jesus! But like, why did he go to Alaska? We—he didn't need to go to Alaska. He was living. I—he—he what? And where did he get the money to go to Alaska? How did he end up in Hawaii as an as an aquarium veterinarian? What? Never mind. I don't even care about that shit. But, oh, shit! Hang on. I think I'm. Oh my god. Getting a call. Let's See. Hello. Alejandro Colini. Oh my god. Hey. Hey, Jigsaw. Uh, How's it going? I just listened. I've been listening to your 50 First Days episodes. Well, it was only one episode. I have some constructive criticism. I think this episode was good, but not great. And I want to play a game. You, Alejandro Collini, are leaning a little bit more into doing bits. Every episode, you do a little bit more in the way of bits. And I think that's a good move. I'm not going to rip your face off today. I should. But I won't. This episode is a solid 3 out of 10. <laughs> I, give, <laughs> I give it 3 jigsaws. <laughs> I give it the jigsaw stamp of meh. But uh, in, in, in any case, I at any moment might rip your face off fatally. I just want you to know that is always hanging over your head. And so now you appreciate life. You must podcast to the fullest each and every day. You've got to figure out an ending bit for your podcast because you seem to have exhausted your imagination in terms of those flights of fancy. And God knows how long you're going to be able to lean on me, the Jigsaw killer. Hey, Jigsaw. Oh my God. Thank you so much for giving me another chance. Uh, Yeah, I know that this was not my best episode, but I, you know, I'm still, I'm still learning. And I think, um... I think the two of us- i mean if you ever want to come on and be a co-host of this podcast oh no 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 i'm not I'm not in it for the for the glory. I just care about quality podcasting. Wow, this is quite a development you know i'm going to i'm going to talk about your movie Saw five in a few episodes oh that would that would interest me greatly that in fact you know what the the chance that I'm going to kill you is is lower now that I know that. How many many more episodes am I going to have to sit through? Probably like three or four more episodes. Well, oh, no, 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 no. It's going to be like more like seven or eight. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. God. All right. Well, I guess I don't have much else to do. I'm lying here on the floor pretending to be dead for hours on end. Yeah, I got some headphones in. I'm listening to a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, God. All right. Is there anything else I want to do? Is there anything else I need to get, get done? 51st Dates. Um. <laughs> no, no, I didn't know. Have... Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I got a plug. I got a plug to do. Fuck, I'm an idiot. I have I have a show this week that you should come to. If you've listened to this much of my fucking podcast, you're a fan. I have bad news for you. You're an Alejandro Collini fan. And, um... This Friday at the People's Improv Theater at 10 p.m. Friday, July 6th, 10 p.m. The People's Improv Theater. Uh, that's 24th Street between Park and Lexington. I and my great friend Matt Grote are doing a double bill of our solo shows. Uh, Matt's show is called Hot Gay Mess. My show is called Professor Insano Destroys Reality. Both are incredibly high-quality shows. Both are incredibly funny. They will, they will touch your brain. And they'll touch your funny bone. <laughs> so head on out to the People's Improv Theater and pay $10 to see me and Matt Grote with host Gabe Smith, an incredible stand-up comedian. And other than that, um, yeah, rate, review, and subscribe. I encourage you, again, to be honest in your ratings and your reviews. And, uh, you know, subscribe, uh, interact with me. You can please feel free to, to tweet at me, to uh, comment on my posts telling me um toxic media that you would like to see done the only caveat is that like it can't be just be like some thing that you hate it has there has to be a reason why i'm doing it um is well fuck fuck me god i'm such a bad person (laughs) all right take care of yourselves, guys take care of yourselves